guys, I didn't think it was possible for uh, a better issue of Sports Illustrated to show up uh, at my doorstep following the swimsuit edition that came just a few <laughs> weeks ago. But needless to say, I, uh, I got home either, must have been Wednesday or Thursday, and there's a brand new copy of Sports Illustrated, and on it, the cover was Game of Thrones, the throne itself, and the commissioner of the NFL seated atop the Iron Throne. Okay, but so moment of truth, though, Micah. Which which one did you prefer, this one or the swimsuit one? Uh, it's close, <laughs> but I'd have to uh, say the swimsuit. Oh, but this was a this was a close second, right? It was a it was a close second. Yeah. Well, I preferred this one. Everybody, don't worry, I've got you. <laughs> I thought actually you were going to ask me, did I agree with that particular commissioner being right. well? I have no number idea one, that uh, seeing as how I work for a league. Um, where my commissioner came in number two. Ooh. So. Drama. A little bit of drama there, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any behind-the-scenes gossip about that? Did he try to usurp Mr. <laughs> Roger Goodell? Maybe he will try and resurp. Maybe. Uh, Is he planning a rebellion? Resurp a word? Did I just make up resurp? Resurp. <laughs> resurp? Hmm. I think it would be reusurp. Uh, what I think that means, though, is we're getting into that time of year now where the show isn't very far off. You have all these different... Uh, magazines and shows doing parodies of Game of Thrones because we're just a couple weeks away from the season premiering. Right. Well, speaking of parodies and stuff, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but since today is Monday, yesterday the uh, School of Thrones web series premiered. School and, of Thrones. Um, School of Thrones, yes. The Game of Thrones characters reimagined in a high school, <laughs> um, <laughs> Westeros Valley High. It's very, very, very funny. You guys should look that up on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. So it's, you said it's a web series? Yes, it is. It's uh, with uh, one of the guys from Starkid, um, Joey Richter, and one of the girls from Lizzie Bennet Diaries called Mary-Kate Wiles. And huh. lots of other interesting, talented people are involved. So sort of friends from who've, who've, who we've shared fandoms with and possibly yes. hotel rooms with in the past. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> that Maybe. sounds cool. It, it, at least they won't have to uh, suspend belief in terms of the some of the themes that are in a Song of Ice and Fire, and probably exactly. a lot of what happens in high school. That's what I'm like. That's what I was thinking. Like when this first came about, we've kind of talked about this on a, a few episodes ago. But it's so funny how <laughs> I mean, intrigue and backstabbing and <laughs> people stealing people's girlfriends and sex. I mean, Lots yeah, exactly. Of sex this with is imps. it's basically just high school with but with without the the violence. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Well, that sounds cool. And you'll you'll particularly enjoy Eric that um, Theon Greyjoy is a uh, member of the water polo team. Oh, being from well, there you a go. Place where they have water. <laughs> I have to say that's pretty well thought out. Yeah, right, right. I will be tuning in to the School of Thrones. Interested to see what their their school mascot is, and if they could all agree on one, because I have a feeling with oh, all the gosh. different sigils, that might be a bit of a problem. Yes, hmm. good point. Speaking of sigils, <laughs> yes. The lion. Yes. Where are you going with this? 
I don't know. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> John, the lion, the head lion, um, Tywin Lannister, is of course played by Charles Dance. See, and Charles I set Dance. that up perfectly for you, Selena. <laughs> yes. Wow, it's like one mind, Micah. Um, <laughs> Charles Dance has some really, really interesting things to say about the fourth season of Game of Thrones, which many people might not realize hasn't actually been officially confirmed by HBO I mean, we're all pretty sure that there's going to be a fourth season, considering right. they've already split the book. But Charles Dance, actually, um, when he was doing publicity for the season two DVDs, he actually said that six out of the ten scripts have already been written for season four. Huh. And, <laughs> and yeah, he's, he's, get, he's getting ready to f- start filming it later this year. So I would say... Yeah. Yeah, it's just one word away from HBO, but that's where it's going to be, yes. Hmm. Well, I would think probably after season three airs, uh, there would be no doubt that they would receive more ratings heading into season four or like ratings to what they've already had. I mean, it's just. This is the season. I, I know, Selena, you hate it when people say that. And, <laughs> you know, when I Benioff do. and Weiss have said that. But considering that this is the season that has the Red Wedding, uh, that season four has a lot, uh, you know, to sort of build off of, and has a lot of its own, you know, great moments. And without saying much more than that, <laughs> you know, it, there, there's just a, there's a very high expectations though too. I think, and uh, you know, taking a look at some of the show titles, the episode titles for season three, I'm interested to see how they really craft this all out because. You're splitting the book into two seasons. Uh, for the people who have read, they know the major plot lines. They know the major events that are going to be taking place. And so how do they strike that balance so that they don't put too much into season three uh, so that you know season four kind of falls flat a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I guess that's why the scripts have been written, you know, kind of. It just seems like odd. It seems odd that that would happen because they're not getting paid for season four scripts, I bet, until... I mean. The thing about the scripts being written that sort of had me... I mean, this is probably not the case, but I was thinking, would it be at all possible that maybe we would see season four a bit earlier than we could have expected? But then I was thinking, well, if they don't start filming until later this year and then they have to do post-production, I mean, that's... Mm -hmm. We're going to probably be seeing a March 2014 release date for that again. But it was just... it's, It's interesting. Actually, but you know, just on the the the, the best moments in season three, I'm going to do some shameless self promotion right now and say that on Hypable dot com, me and one of the other writers, um, Mikal Mikal. I am sorry, I don't know how to say your name. It's my pen name. <laughs> Mik- uh, yes, uh, it, it is actually you. Really. It is a girl, but um, <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she and I did a, uh, a list of the top ten moments from the first half of A Storm of Swords that we're mm. excited to see in uh, season three. So if you have read the books or don't mind spoilers, you should go check that out. Yeah. I actually gave it a read, and I was talking to Selena about it uh, before we recorded today, and it's really, really good for the people out there who have read the books, um, you know, to, to kind of look towards those moments that we're all anticipating in season three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of another sigil, guys, do you know that we broke a Guinness World Record last Monday? No. We did. We How? said the word bear. <laughs> 41, 41 times, according to our Twitter friend, Miss Lane, 
oh, wow. at, at the left lane who oh, counted, who was di- diligent <laughs> and counted the times that we said the word bear on an episode. And the episode was 35 minutes long. So for us to have mentioned, if that is correct, in fact, 41 times in 35 minutes, I guarantee that, that we are now record holders. Um, I can barely believe it. For uh, affection <laughs> towards affection towards a non-human quadruped. Um, not that there are human quadrupeds. I don't really. We're bipedal. But anyway, uh, affection towards a quadruped in a uh, audio podcast. So there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, later on the week, we uh, named the bear. Yes. We did yes. Indeed. Winter boo. That's correct. So threatening and um, awe-inspiring. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, also later on in the week, we did receive word, uh, was it from the History Channel or National Geographic, that in fact mountain camels or winter-type camels at one point did exist? Yes, yes, large, <laughs> large camels. Week, <laughs> Micah, you really didn't take any – you didn't really waste any time. You named the camel Winter Coup. <laughs> and so now Game of Owns has two animals as its sigil, and we suggested that they would be rolling down a hill snowball fighting. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Or something like that. Before we get any further, I want to say that uh, Zach uh, will be joining us on the next episode. Um, he was absent last week when we had all the bear craze, um, but he's actually... Cur- he doesn't like bears. That's he, what it is. He's currently traveling cross-country, so we will have him back on the show uh, as soon as possible. And Hopefully with a bear. That is ho- what he's hunting, so... Yes, yes. Well, I, I heard he was actually defending the... He was called to defend the Lannisters after what happened to them. Ooh. Yeah. As a bear? Dressed up as a bear. I think so. Surely there must be a bear involved. Yes. <laughs> I should stop saying that word. I don't want Miss Lane to start counting again. <laughs> don't say it. Our so listeners much will count. <laughs> so the Lannisters did not find themselves in a very good position. Now, of course, we're talking about the Tyrion chapter that we all read for today's episode. I'm sure all of our listeners read it. Right, guys? Right. All of you. Right. It was a short chapter for a short man. Oh, that's not nice. No, no, it was, but it was important no. because you it's, know- <laughs> it's the last Tyrion chapter of the book. It's the third to last chapter of the entire, the fourth to last chapter of the entire book. After this, we only have John, Catelyn, and Danny, and then the appendix for Aww. the first book. Um, Sounds I love like a Tyrion sitcom. <laughs> John, Catelyn, and Danny. Yeah. Yes. When we knock on your door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is funny, though, because you were making that a uh, Tyrion joke. And um, and I always it always annoys me in the books whenever they, they do that, those jokes about Tyrion being short or Varys being a eunuch. But then there was actually one, <laughs> one um, um, thing that was said in this that was so hilarious. I actually broke out laughing. And um, it was when Tywin Lannister referred to Varys as that cockless wonder. <laughs> I see that as like his his stage name, the cockless wonder. The cockless wonder shall perform. Like he does these sideshows out in Bravos. He's known <laughs> yes. as the cockless wonder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh. And we got a, yet another name for the magical women, the women who practice magic. I, I've really just been calling them magical women the last few episodes. But according to Tywin Lannister, they're referred to as shadow binders. Yes. Um, from Ass High. From Ass High. Yes. Um, and of course, he's talking about the theory that um, Stannis Baratheon has employed the use of a shadow binder from Ass High. Yes, and that was that was such a cool little moment because we we've read on, we've seen the second season, we know mm-hmm. that this isn't just a rumor that is going to end up meaning nothing. But I like how George R. R. Martin kind of slipped that in 
so vaguely and then in season two suddenly it's oh it's melisandre it's It's a pretty big deal Mm -hmm. yeah so essentially this this entire chapter took place i mean except for the very very end took place in a room with tywin and Tyrion and uh uncle kev the uncle uncle kev um it's like two and a half men (laughs) talking about the defeat they were talking about the defeat and capture, subsequent capture of Jamie Lannister, and the, and actually how Rob's ingenious strategy, um, you know, and his execution of this surprise attack actually has divided now the the Lannister forces, and how they're in actually a pretty bad situation right now as it pertains to defending the realm. Right. Yeah, you get such deep insight into all the tactics that are being implemented, what's worked, what hasn't worked, you really get a sense for the war that's taking place in this chapter and what each group is going to need to do in order to be successful moving forward. Essentially, the Lannister... I can't even say their name. uh, The Lannisters are up Shit's Creek without a paddle, and the end decision is for them to go to Harrenhal. But, you know, throughout the chapter, you learn that you know, for the very beginning that Jamie's been captured. Uh, and then you get deeper insight into why he was captured, you know, the tactics that he needed to use in order to even think about attacking River Run. And there's a lot of back and forth about how could he do this, you know, it just you get you get behind the minds of the people who are actually fighting on the ground. And uh Tywin cannot stop repeating They took my son. Yeah. Which- my boy <laughs> no, oh, Amos Diggory. Oh God, yes, that's heart wrenching. That is heart wrenching. Yeah, um, I didn't feel that way when I was reading this about Tyler. Not my son, you bitch. That's what yes. he said, basically. Yes, words to the effect. Um, mm. But no, Tywin takes it all kind of in, and this is something that Tyrion, um, you know, has sort of an inner monologue in this chapter. Says that he tried to learn from his father um, to be a listener really first and it is said that you know when these people come in and brief tywin that he is quiet and he's you know taking it in listening to what they have to say before and kind of absorbing it all before he makes a decision of course at the end of the chapter he does make a decision he sends Tyrion um with actually a a really important mission to king's landing um but the rest of the chapter he's kind of quiet you know here and there he'll say they took us on um but that's about it and everybody else Everybody else kind of apprises the battle for for him. Yeah, and this chapter, despite being from Tyrion's perspective, is really a Tywin chapter. And to me, it's just it's interesting to watch Tywin and Tyrion just sit and sort of, to your point, you know, take in everything that's going on, listen. And it gets to the point where Tywin stands up and dismisses everybody else in the room, and he wants to talk to his brother, and he wants to talk to Tyrion. And you get the there's this deep seated distaste that not only Tyrion has, but also it seems Tywin has for Joffrey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, he's calling him reckless, you know. As, as and Tywin says this about Joffrey that he's that he should have not um, gotten rid of uh, Selmy, you know, Bar- Barristan Selmy. That you know he was loyal. That basically Joffrey's got all of his measurements wrong. And that the council is not actually counseling him in the ways that they should. The council that, of course, consists of, quote, our friend Peter, which really worried the hell out of me when Tywin (laughs) said our friend Peter. And then that's your – there's your line, Selene, about the cockless wonder. 
um, you know, Varys. And then, of course, like, the dog. And he said something about the dog, too. Not being on the council, but he said, um, you know, if you feed a dog something under the table, that that's fine. You shouldn't have them up on the highest chair. You know, so yeah. so he, he actually really calls into question all of Joffrey's practices. You know, it's interesting because, I mean, Tywin... We, we're seeing Tywin from Tyrion's perspective, and I think that my my feelings on Tywin are very much colored by the fact that I'm teen, Team Tyrion all the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't stand the way that Tywin treats his own son. But the, the, the interesting thing about Tywin in this chapter, and I think in general, which is probably the reason why he's such a fairly popular character, despite the fact that he's evil, sort of, is that he really calls shit like it is, you know? He's sort of like the the anti-Ned, if you will, in that he actually sees sense. Not that Ned didn't see sense, because he's nothing like Ned. But he sees he sees the truth. You know, we, we've been seeing Joffrey be a little snot from Ned's and Sansa's perspectives and everyone else's perspectives. And now, finally, someone in the books are going, you know what? He's an idiot. He should not be allowed to rule. These people are crazy. <laughs> this little boy has no idea what he's doing, and we need someone who can actually just take the reins and, and do something smart. And he gives the job to Tyrion. He does. He does, in a rare display of, of fatherhood. That's what I was going to say. Like You really can't hate Tywin in this particular chapter because, you know, for whatever reason, he is sending Tyrion south, and... Tyrion asks why, and he he replies, to rule. And so he's like, screw Cersei, screw this little kid. You have to go and whip them into shape before they get us, before this little kid gets us all killed, is pretty much what he says. Um, Words to that effect. So I thought that was really important because, you know, they had just spent some time listening to the briefs of what happened to, at River Run, of what Renly is doing. Renly got married, everybody. <laughs> I know! Poor Loras. I mean, <laughs> sorry, that's what I thought when I read that. I was like, no. And all this stuff has happened. And so the times are changing quick. You know, the only constant is change. And now they really need to brace themselves. And I think Tyrion being sent to King's Landing is Tywin's really best hope. But there is a bit of a, a bitterness, a bittersweetness that Tyrion um, has when he asks why it's him. This is just as Tywin is leaving. And he turns around and he says, because you're my son. And this is either the first time that Tywin has acknowledged that, or it's important because Tyrion says to himself, oh, great. You know, now you must truly believe that Jaime, who has been captured, is actually dead or as good as dead, because only now you're acknowledging me as your son, who he hasn't because, you know, he killed his mom, he's an imp, and all this other stuff. He's kind of the outcast of the of the Lannisters. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a, a, a sober moment right there. Um, but but I do not just think that Tywin does it because he believes that Jamie is lost. I think he recognizes that Tyrion is his son, and he needs somebody with a mind and a wit as sharp as Tyrion brains in King's Landing. Because if you look through this chapter, you know, and I said they were up Shit's Creek without a paddle earlier, but. Tywin really details it out, and he's got everything mapped out in his mind. You, know, He says, basically, now the Tullys and the Starks are going to join forces. You have the Tyrells who have now joined forces with Renly. You have Stannis out um, you know, at Dragonstone. And, and so all these forces are surrounding them, and 
you know, with Jamie's army essentially decimated and some of them having gone over to the other side, it's really only Tywin and, and his his group that are left. Mm-hmm. And so he needs to do everything possible and needs to take the necessary steps to ensure his safety. And one of the ways of doing that is by having someone in King's Landing that he can trust. You know, He goes through the fact that Joffrey wants to rally the city watch to, to go after Renly Baratheon, and that would leave the town or, or the, the city completely unprotected should somebody decide to descend on King's Landing. So, you know, I, I just really liked in this chapter how how Tywin brought out the shortcomings of Joffrey, and, and knowing in, in truth that this kid is only 13 years old, but, you know, he's, I think he's legitimately scared for what could potentially happen moving forward, and Stannis, he notes this specifically to him, still presents the biggest threat. Yeah, and they're they're talking in the beginning about how to get Jaime back, and, you know, it is suggested that they try and pay ransom for him, maybe give the daughters back. But Tyrion has a great line, and I think this is probably going to be my own uh, for the chapter. But he says, if they want gold, they will just melt down Jamie's armor. Like, gold is not going to affect them. Um, this isn't about money. This is about what you did to Ned, what Joffrey did to Ned. And and this is and everybody agrees in this chapter that Eddard Stark's death is was supposed to possibly work to somehow keep a tree or forge forge a trade may have worked to get Jamie back to the Lannisters but now with Ned gone that's not going to happen. Mm, very sad. Yeah. Um my my own is for uh, the mountain the Gregor Clegane who was in the beginning <laughs> of this chapter. <laughs> I give it to like all the bad guys these days isn't it? It's terrible. Um, he, he said something, another thing that was kind of funny. He said, a man who sees nothing has no use for his eyes, the mountain declared. Cut them out and give them to your next outrider. Tell him to hope that four eyes might see better than two. And if not, the man after him will have six. I was like, oh, gross. A sick I know. <laughs> but it was kind of funny. <laughs> and there was that moment after it where Tywin just kind of looked up at him and Tyrion said that he couldn't tell if he was... Admiring in the moment or absolutely disgusted by what he just said. But that transitions well into, I would say he actually did like what um, Sir Gregor had to say because later on in the chapter, Tywin says this, Unleash Sir Gregor and send him before us with his reavers. Send forth Vargo Hote and his free riders as well and Sir Amory Lork. And these are all, some of them are people that Arya ends up adding to her little mantra later on in the series each is to have 300 horse tell them i want to see the riverlands of fire from the god's eye to the red fork and i think that shows who tywin really is if he's about to send out all of these riders to basically rape burn pillage all the towns between where they are in harrenhal he's not a good guy yeah yeah he's taking his personal loss really deeply why are they going to harrenhal is it strategic? Is it... Uh... It's the only place they can go. I mean, yeah. that that's the thing. They're surrounded, and they say, you know, we can't go back to Casterly Rock. We can't really go anywhere else that's safe for us because we're surrounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and their supply chain is cut off. That That's that's actually an interesting thing due to the position of the Stark uh, army. Um, at the beginning, it is appraised that their supply chain is cut in half. So that's that's awesome. That's just really cool for Rob Stark to have led such a successful campaign. Um, we do have a John chapter next, but I can't wait for the Catelyn one where we learn more about Rob and his victory 
Um, yeah. There aren't no Rob chapters, but oh well. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and I also give one bonus own to Tyrion since it is his chapter at the very end where he says to Shay, I have a mind to take you to King's Landing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well done, Tyrion. Yeah, his father was like, don't take that horde to King's Landing. And he's like, I have half a mind to do that. So, yeah. That's no pun intended. Half Aww. a mind. Oh, poor Tyrion. So, uh, if listeners out there have uh, particular owns from this chapter, I feel like there are quite a few to oh, pick yeah. between Tywin and Tyrion. And then maybe even Uncle Kev, I'm sure he said something in there that was uh, own-worthy. Um, he doesn't get enough uh, screen time, I don't think. In the he's show? Just, he's just, uh, yeah. The uncle that is there, and nobody really cares about. <laughs> the Lannisters have so many family members, though. They would said, too, like, the other guy just weds himself into the family, and it's like they have all these it really is interesting how the politics of it are related to who is married into what family. Um, and with the Lannisters, that family is particularly big. Although, of course, they still practice incest, which is weird. Yes. Um, but if you do have those owns, uh, you can, of course, send them in to us at Game of Owns on Twitter. Uh, like our friend Jess here at Jess the Square says, Miserable English weather means an afternoon on the sofa. Wrapped up warm with Game of Owns. Mm. That was nice. Uh, Miss Lane, who you mentioned before, Eric, um, ha- with the hashtag best place to listen to Game of Owns, in my car until the sprinklers turn off so I can get in the house. <laughs> okay. There's a weird scenario where she's on her driveway and there's sprinklers that are mounting in a front on her. Um, Megan says, uh, I can see my plans of relaxing with magazines, learning how to make paper cranes, and catching up on Game of Owns slipping through my fingers. I wonder if that's a House of Cards reference, the cranes. No? You guys don't watch that? Okay, never mind. Nope. No. <laughs> Over our heads, sorry. Uh, but uh, just like our friends Jess, the Miss Lane, and Megan, uh, you can tweet at us, so feel free to do so, whether it's an own from this chapter and own from the next chapter, and own from the chapter after that. Um, and that leaves us with one chapter, right? Uh, still to go, uh, the final chapter. Our listeners can help us out by uh, joining our Facebook Game of Thrones Ascent. What would you call it? Uh, Alliance. Alliance, yeah. They can do so um, by uh, checking out any of our uh, various social media accounts uh we post the link right on twitter um as we well did as i mean notes. people are saying that they can't find it just by searching for it so but we'll we'll send you the link if you ask mm-hmm. or you can just check game of owns on twitter because we've sent it like yes and our prior a prior episode posts on game of owns.com have the in the show notes the game of thrones ascent that's the link directly to the facebook application and you can join selena and myself in fighting off bears and me uh, and me yes. and eric who's finally uh I'm back in the game. Allied with us. Oh, yes. Or has he? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't so. trust him. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So Give us some gold. Maybe we'll change our minds. Meltdown Jamie's uh, armor. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, you can rate and review us on iTunes after having listened to us for the past uh, 25 minutes or so. If you find what we say worthy of other people, uh, you can uh, just leave us a little note with a five-star rating, of course. And nothing less is acceptable. I feel like that's the tagline I have to get in on every episode. Nothing <laughs> less is acceptable. Nothing less <laughs> is acceptable. 
Um, because it is the month of March and is the the month of Game of Thrones season three premiering, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. That's right. We're ramping up, guys. That's it. Or as uh, was said last week, we may have to send uh, Winter Boo and Winter Koo. Yes. Together they form... The Megazord. <laughs> uh, the, the, me- the Mega Boo Zord. Mega Boo Zord. There you go. <laughs> no, so. you can. You guys can do better than that. Someone listeners come up with a better one. <laughs> uh, okay. When Winter Boo and Winter Koo are both coming after you, yes. what do they create? Um, goo! Oh my gosh! <laughs> goo? <laughs> Yes, that was obvious. Uh, <laughs> okay, we should would, stop now. <laughs> uh, if you would like to read similar articles to the one that Selena mentioned earlier in the show, which lists the top 10 things we're most looking forward to seeing in season three, uh, you can visit a website, right? You can. There's lots of websites for that, but we only want you to go to hypable.com, which is H-Y-P-A-B-L-E.com. So, Eric, will you be reading that article, or is that <laughs> too uh, spoiler-ish for you? I'm pretty Don't sure it'll it. be too spoiler-ish for it. me. Mm-hmm. And Selena's advising, Selena, my betrothed on, on the Ascent game, is uh, mm-hmm. advising me not to read it. So, hey, whenever Selena tells me not to go to Hypable, I feel I have to obey. <laughs> but um, we'll see you guys actually on Wednesday. We'll have some more exciting episodes for you this week. And this concludes our current short Tyrion chapter and episode of Game of Owns. I am Eric Skull. I'm Selena Wilkin. And I'm Mike Goodbye. All right. <laughs> <laughs>